Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With AIB, proud supporter of the Goal Mile. You can register now at goalmile.org. AIB, we pledge to do more. Where's the hope? Well, we're being told the hope is in vaccination and especially vaccine boosters um, against Omicron. And Irene O'Connor is general manager of the COVID-19 vaccine centres in the Midwest, which, of course, includes Limerick. And she is on the line now. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Joe. It's lovely to hear the try in the in, um, when you're talking this morning to bring some joy to the people. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a bit forced, to be completely honest with you. I can't, I can't deny it. I can't deny it. So you're going to give us some hope anyway. Where can people go to get their vaccine boosters? People can go to our three sites in Innes, in Nina and in Limerick. In Limerick, it's in Skull Carmel. And this weekend, we have walk-in booster clinics in Limerick and in Clare and in Nina. In Limerick, the walk-in boosters are happening on Saturday from 1 to 7 p.m., and from 8.30 all day on Sunday. In Clare, they're all day Saturday, and from 1.30 to 7pm on Sunday, and likewise in Nina, in the Abbey Court in Nina. So people can go to any one of those at any of those times. Now, last week we were talking to you at this time. Uh, how did things go over the weekend and into the week then uh, in terms of numbers turning up and how quickly you were able to process people uh, to get their booster? It's interesting. People tend to come early in the morning. That seems to be their preferred time. So we can have waiting times of an hour to an hour and a half in the morning. But from one o'clock on, we have no waiting times in any of our three centres. But for Innes, but um, we're delighted to say we're moving into the West County for this weekend's walk-in in Innes. So we won't be having those waiting times again. So if people, any time they come, given that the day the weather is good, you know, we accommodate them as fast as we can and we get through them quite fast. And the people have been very patient. Are people happy to get the booster shot? They're very happy to get the booster shot. And the majority don't mind waiting at all. Once they can be assured, they'll get it. What about your poor staff and all that they're expected to do? And again, we've heard all week about trying to ramp up the uh, vaccine booster programme. And we know that pharmacies are helping and GPs have been asked to play their part uh, again. But after everything you've been through, you're facing into it again now for the next few weeks. We are, but you know, we're in the vaccine centres, we're in a very different position to hospitals. We are in a centre where people are delighted to come into. It's actually very joyful. People are so appreciative and people are not sick. I really have concerns for the staff in the hospitals because they are exhausted and they face a very different um uh, I suppose, situation with people being very unwell and relatives not being able to visit very much and people dying or whatever. So it's it's very, very difficult for those. But we're very fortunate. Our staff are willing to walk the hours we've asked them. They're willing to walk the days. We're only closed for Christmas Day and Stephen Day and nobody has objected. Mm. Nobody at all has objected. And in Skull Carmel, to take one example, how many booths have you opened? How many people do you have operating at any given time, giving out have- the, the boosters? We have 17 booths open, so we will have at least 24 vaccinators on at any given time to ensure that we can cover all breaks and that we're not closing any booths during dinner breaks or tea breaks. And in addition to that, we have a similar number of admin staff uh, to support the vaccinators to manage the car park, to manage the traffic and to organise all the registration and the uh, COVID checks before people enter. So there's at least 50 people on every day. And then in Ennis and Nina? 
In Innes and Nina, in Nina we have 14 booths. So we would have a corresponding number of staff. We'd have at least 40 staff on every day. The demand in Nina isn't as high for some reason. The walking clinics are not being um, utilised as much for some reason. I don't know why in, in North Tipperary. So I'd encourage people to go there. In Innes, we had to move to the former outpatients on the grounds of the hospital. But we're delighted to say that West County have been in a position to hand us back the um, hotel. So from this weekend, we're going back into the hotel to do our walk-ins. We will have 12 boot, 14 boots. And again, we will have about 40 staff on, on any given day between vaccinators and support staff. So again, people in Limerick who might be closer to Nina or Ennis, uh, they can go there? They can go to either one. Or I, equally, if people are in Limerick um, shopping or something, they can come into the one in Limerick. That's not a problem at all. But we're still talking about, for walk-in purposes, 50-plus in age. Is that right? Yes. For this week, yes, we are. The government, have in, the HSC have indicated that we'd be moving to 40-plus on the 27th. But it may happen before then. We're just waiting for the advice. But definitely the 27th, they're saying. But it may happen before that. Okay. Uh, one thing that we are hearing is that the recommendation from Neffet on close contact may change and the government will obviously take that advice later today. Uh, currently, uh, you have to isolate if uh, you are a household contact of a positive case, even if you're vaccinated. Um, uh, the suggestion is that they're going to expand that to all close contacts. However, it's also being uh, suggested that if you have the booster and you're seven days after that, then you mightn't have to as a close contact um, if they expand that definition, um, um, restrict your movement. So, you know, there, there are advantages, I suppose, to getting it uh, as well as the protection. And most certainly, most certainly. From everybody's perspective, there are advantages to getting the booster because there's also evidence to show which supports what they're thinking that people are not getting as sick even if they do um, contract the virus um, once they've had the booster. Um, and Eleanor McSherry, who we were talking to later in the or earlier in the week, rather says, uh, I, "I got my son with autism booster today. I didn't sleep a, a wink last night, but they were great in Skull Carmel. Thanks so much to uh, all the team there. They couldn't do enough for us, um, and also thanking us at Limerick today for always having our backs and hope others get sorted uh, as well. So, Eleanor, thank you for letting us know about that. Okay, um, Irene O'Connor, thank you for talking to us this morning, and we'll obviously be in touch with you over the next uh, few days and try and." give people a sense of, of what's happening but you seem to be in essence saying that waiting times at Skull Carmel over the weekend um, certainly afternoons onwards shouldn't be a significant issue. No, not if the trends for the past week are, to, uh, are, are um, evidence of what might happen. I suppose Joe, if I could just say one thing is we have people who are in cohort 4 and cohort 7 they know who they are, they were vulnerable people in the beginning if any of them have not, for whatever reason, had their booster or didn't get a text for an appointment, I just advise them to call to the centre and we'll sort it out for them because I've heard there might be a small number who haven't received a text for some reason. All right, very good. Well, listen, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us uh, this morning. That is uh, Irene O'Connor there, who is the uh, general manager of uh, the vaccine centres uh, around um, Limerick and uh, the Midwest in general. And we want to have a quick chat now as well uh, with a public health specialist with Public Health Midwest, again covering Limerick, uh, Dr. Marie Casey. And good morning to you, Marie. Morning, Joe. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, what can you say to people, I suppose, about 
the rate of COVID in the Limerick area, the worries about Omicron, and now this sinking feeling we all have about, you know, the effective cancellation of a lot of Christmas, frankly. Okay, so I suppose the first thing is, just to give you an idea of the numbers that we're dealing with at the moment, over the last two weeks we've had about 4,000 cases of COVID um, in the Midwest, and about nearly half of that would be from in Limerick. So we have a fair amount of community transmission already uh, right now and a fair amount of community cases. So already we're at a high point. Um, Omicron isn't a major feature of our of cases in our region yet, but we expect that to change quite rapidly looking at the experience in the in the UK as well. Um, I think there has been dis- a discussion about it um, that will be the dominant stream by the end of the year. So it's going to change quite quickly, the picture. And I suppose... What I want to really say today is that, you know, not to be scared, but be prepared for what's about to happen, you know. We have no real idea of what this wave will be like. Um, There's a lot of scientists looking at it and analysing things. Um, And some are saying it's mild and some are saying we don't know. And it it can be very confusing for people who are listening to it. But essentially, from my perspective, every population in the world is different from as regards their underlying risk factors in their communities vaccination uptake and things like that. So it can be very difficult to look at the experiences in other countries and, and extrapolate them to here. So I suppose what I'm saying is we should really just prepare for the worst um, and hope for the best. And that's that's where we are at the moment. Right, but, but just talk to me about you know, the current trends, the number of cases in uh, Limerick, and do you expect, again, those to rise significantly now because Omicron is taking over? I would, yeah, I would expect it to to increase over the next while. Um, that's what we're all expecting, I think, from Omicron. That's what's been happening in the UK. So they had a fairly stable period, and we are actually on a kind of a stabilisation as well, a plateau for a little while right now, just a couple of weeks. But we expect that to take off again with Omicron coming as well. So that will incre- that is very likely to increase quite rapidly. Um, and, and, and the thing is that, correct me if I'm wrong here, but even if it is milder. The fact that it's more transmissible and the fact that we are rushing to do uh, the booster vaccines, but clearly that's a process and, you know, Mm. you can only get so many physically per day into people's arms, that the total numbers will, if they get to a certain point, inevitably lead to more hospitalizations and more ICU and more deaths. Is, is Is that ultimately what we're talking about here? We're not sure about the severities and the, and the ICU admissions and deaths, but what we do know is that a small percentage of a large number, so a small percentage of a large number of infections, you know, it still can be a large number, and that's a lot for the hospital group to deal with. Um, we, ha- we don't have a clear idea of severity at all yet. I mean, I wouldn't be assuming it's not severe um, based on um, some reports in some countries because we don't know that yet, how it will play out in our population because, again, we're different. We have a different age structure. We've had different vaccines. We have different immunities. Uh, we have dif- different risk factors underlying, um, you know, for, for severe disease. So we, you just can't, you can't really tell. I think the, the problem with... Um, the problem with going through a pandemic with a new virus is that we kind of don't know what we're dealing with till we're halfway through. Um, so it's really important that we kind of act early and act decisively. And I suppose you touched on something very important there. The boosters, yes, absolutely. Anybody who's eligible, get in the door and get it. Anybody who's actually not been vaccinated so far, um, you know, don't don't be shy. Like, go into the centres. They'd be very welcome to... to uh, they'd welcome you in. No problem at all. There's no judgment about going late. 
And I suppose there are a number of people out there who may have ha- who may have had COVID but may not be vaccinated. We still want you guys to be vaccinated too. So right. because um, the immunity from vaccination is more predictable and um, we know that um, people are still getting reinfected after uh, with Omicron anyway. So we want them to be protected as right. much as possible. Um, Alyssa's texted to say the best Christmas present would be if they replaced you, Joe, for next week. You are constantly whinging and whining. You are destroying Christmas. Oh, thank you. Happy Christmas to you as well. That's really going to affect me for about five seconds. And Patsy has been on, on Facebook saying, are they for real? Um, people should be out blocking the roads. These new suggestions are pure stupidity. We've three vaccines got. Get a grip, everyone. And what would you say about that, Marie? That is going to be a big challenge for the government. There is no question. I mean, saying to people, look, five o'clock. Now, and I've already seen people on social media saying, well, what will that lead to? That will lead to people going to the pub much earlier, then going on to houses, then going on to the next house, house parties galore with none of the efforts that might be made in the hospitality um, sector. And, you know, if you have mass ignoring of the restrictions, then the restrictions themselves are a bit pointless. Well, I think, you know, that can be often overstated. Like, I think the majority of people actually are changing their their behaviours at the moment. A small number who don't, um, uh, who who text in. But there's also a large large majority of people who actually are changing their behaviours and trying to have a a safer Christmas. So, you know, are reducing some of their contacts and prioritising contacts as well. And we know people have to see people at Christmas. They want to see family and things like that. But they may decide to reduce down other events beforehand just to to allow that to happen more safely. So I suppose the thing is, and another thing too I really want to address is that... um, you know, it's about it's about our health service. If we have a large number of healthcare workers infected, that's really going to impact on our health ser- on our on our health service delivery, and that's really important as well. So, if we're going for our treatment for our heart attacks or our strokes or our cancers or anything like that, those that those services would be impacted. So, we have to slow this wave as much as we can, and all our all our collective actions do a lot to do that. Right. So we really have to do that as well as we can. Okay, okay. All right, listen, thank you to you and your colleagues for all your efforts. A public health specialist with Public Health Midwest covering Limerick, of course, Dr. Marie Casey. And before that, we were talking to Irene O'Connor, General Manager of the Midwest COVID-19 Vaccination Centres. Call Limerick today now on 46 19 95.